The effectiveness of your leadership is not measured by the number of followers you have, but by the number of leaders you develop. If you are creating followers, then by nature, you become the bottleneck in your organization. And as an impact-driven leader, you must be willing to sacrifice short-term efficiency for long-term effectiveness. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, at Path for Growth, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission, how that why comes to life for impact-driven leaders literally around the country. Now today, I'm really excited because we've got a content episode that's focused on a very specific and I think very practical topic because the title of today's episode is Stop Creating Followers, Start Developing Leaders. Again, we're going to focus on stopping the creation of followers in our organizations and in our spheres of influence and in our teams. And we're going to focus on, instead of creating followers, we're going to focus on developing and engaging and empowering leaders. And the whole thesis statement behind this lesson, behind this topic is this. The effectiveness of your leadership is not measured by the number of followers you have, but rather by the number of leaders you develop. I'm going to say this again, and this is also in the PDF that's in the show notes if you want to download that and follow along. The effectiveness of your leadership is not measured by the number of followers you have, but rather by the number of leaders you develop. And so what we're going to talk about today is really the answer to three very specific questions related to this topic. Number one is why does this matter? Why does this topic matter for you as a leader, for your team, and for your organization? Number two, what are the blockers? One of the things that I see over and over and over again, both within my leadership and in the leadership of the men and women that I work with every single day within Path for Growth, is that we all face blockers whenever it comes to this idea of developing leaders. Because many of us, we're well-intentioned in nature. We want to develop leaders. We want to empower others. We want to delegate effectively. And at the same time, what I've seen is that we run into obstacles. We run into blockers. And a lot of times, they're the same blockers over over and over and over again. So we're going to specifically kind of undermine and break down what are the three blockers that you can expect to face that you need to name because you can't fix what you can't see. And then finally, we're going to address how do you actually take action. And I'm going to give you four actions that you can take as a leader to make sure that you're moving the ball forward, not just creating followers, but developing leaders. So we're going to answer why does it matter? Then we're going to focus on what are the blockers, and then we're going to focus on the practice of how you take action. Because again, the effectiveness of your leadership is not measured by the number of followers you have, but by the number of leaders you develop. So let's start with question number one. Why does this actually matter? Why is it worth focusing on today? And why is it worth us applying our time and attention to within our leadership, not creating followers, but developing leaders? Well, I believe that there's a tactical reason. I believe that there's a strategic reason. And then I believe that there's a philosophical reason. And I want to start with the tactical reason. And when I say tactical, I mean that this is just a very practical thing. Really, when we look at it, I think it's very, very practical for you as a leader to say, okay, it's no longer worthwhile for me to spend time 
creating followers. I need to invest time in developing leaders. And really, this tactical reason is related to the difference between spending and investing. Because when you spend, you're trading or exchanging one thing for another. You're trading your time and you get an incremental output. You get something hopefully that you value, but again, it's equal to that which you spent. When you invest, you are expecting an exponential return. That's the difference between creating followers and developing leaders. When you create followers, it's a one-for-one. You spend your time and they do work. They do tasks. They do the things that you ask them to do. But you spend your time, they do the task. And if you don't spend your time, they don't do the task. Conversely, if you hire, train, and develop leaders, you invest your time on the front end and reap the exponential return and reward on the back end. Because suddenly, you're giving people the ability and the opportunity to make decisions, to take aggressive action, to think about the future even when you're not around. That's what it looks like to develop leaders. And here's what I want you to know. Exponential growth. We, we all have this idea like, oh, I just want to see exponential growth. I want to see a hockey stick on, on my line graph, right? I just want to see exponential growth for our organization up and to the right. Not if you're creating followers, you don't. Because if you are creating followers, then by nature, you become the bottleneck in your organization, If you are creating followers, then every decision, every action, every forward motion in some form or fashion has to go through you because everyone's following you. And therefore, the faster you grow, the more decisions, the more time you're going to have to spend in order to move the organization forward. And so we may think it's this idea, well, we've got 10 direct reports, but but in reality, those 10 direct reports have 10 direct reports beyond them. And those 10 direct reports have 10 direct reports beyond them. And if we're exponentially growing the number of people and the number of decisions and the number of progress we're making in the, in the organization, and we're not simultaneously empowering people to make those decisions and take actions on their own, then eventually you are going to be crushed because you are bearing the entire weight of responsibility for moving the organization forward. So the tactical reason is that we want exponential growth to be a blessing and not a burden. And the only way that that happens is you have to abdicate that bottleneck position and you have to give other people in your organization the ability and the authority to make decisions. Now let's talk about the strategic reason. I read recently someone was talking about chess and they were talking about master chess players. And so often whenever we think about master chess players, we think about these just incredible strategists, right? People that can see 10 moves into the future and they've got this grand master plan. Well, this person that was talking about chess said that on occasion, that is true. He said more often than not, it's not that you're thinking 10 moves ahead into the future. The best chess players a lot of time just have more understanding of the moves that are available in the present. A greater understanding of the moves that are available in the present. They have more moves available to them. They know that they have more options. They have a greater understanding of the game. And because they have a greater understanding of the game, while the person they're sitting across from may only see two possible options, the master strategist says, I've got 10, 20, 30 options here of how I could play this, of how I could get to the ultimate end game. 
Now, how does that relate to this topic of developing leaders? Well, you have a very finite number of moves in your brain, in your head. And yes, you can increase the number of moves that you have available to you by reading books and meeting people. But again, we're taking your time and that's a super finite resource. And so you should be increasing the number of moves that you can see and the number of possibilities that you can consider. But why would you not leverage the resource on your team that is the other human beings that are around you and dramatically and exponentially increase the number of moves that you have access to. Now, if you're just creating followers, you don't have more moves because they are all pawns of you. But if you're creating leaders, well, then you're creating people that are thinking strategically, that are trying to grow themselves, that are constantly seeking, what could we do in this scenario? What's my perspective in this position? How could we act differently? How could we communicate differently? What is one way that we could pivot to better meet the needs of the marketplace? And instead of just you thinking about it, you've got leaders around you that are thinking strategically about the future of the organization. And so the point here is that developing leaders and not creating followers, what is it going to do? It's going to give you more moves. It's going to give you more perspectives. And it's going to give you more ideas that you can pull from as you as an organization make decisions and take action. So we talked about the tactical reason. Then we talked about the strategic reason. Now I want to talk about the philosophical reason. And I know it sounds like existential, right? The philosophical reason. Well, here's what I mean by this is... As a leader, I really believe this, and this is a core tenet within Path for Growth. This is really at the core of what it means to be impact-driven in nature. Your highest calling, your highest calling as a leader is to unleash the best in others. Do you believe that? Your highest calling as a leader is to bring out the best in others. It's to unleash it. And if we believe that to be true, well, then... We can't really go along with a course of action that results in you creating followers. Because do you really believe that a person's best is simply just to follow the orders that they're given by their direct superior? Do you really believe that that's their best? Or do you believe that their best is they gain the ability and the agency and the responsibility to grow personally? They gain the opportunity to make decisions. They can make mistakes in route to learning and growth and progress and forward momentum. And then they can use that forward momentum to serve and influence others. If you ask me, that's a person's highest potential. And when you as a leader take actions that result in that being unleashed, you are leading them. And I would argue that if you're just taking actions that result in them being a better version of someone that follows you, that's probably not even leadership at all. So that's the philosophical reason. It's because the highest calling you have as a leader is to unleash the best in others. So that's why this matters. We talked about the tactical reason. It's that we we really want to make sure you're not the bottleneck. We talked about the strategic reason, that it gives you more moves. It gives you more perspectives and more ideas. And then we talked about the, the philosophical reason related to your highest calling as a leader. Now what I want to talk about, hopefully we're bought in on the fact that this is something we should do. Now I want to talk about the blockers. And then we're going to focus just a little bit on what are the actions you can take. So let's talk about the blockers. Blocker number one is your insecurity. I see this all the time. If we receive security from controlling the organization 
and controlling every move we make. And we find our value and our worth in our work and our personal output, then we can't develop leaders. Because by nature, whenever you develop leaders, you're handing off some of the output that you had previously taken responsibility for. You're handing it off to others and you're saying, you can do this just as well, if not better than I could. And to be able to say that, you have to be outrageously confident. You have to be incredibly strong and secure in who you are and where your worth and value actually comes from. Because if you're someone that's insecure, and if you're someone that constantly thinks that, man, if I'm not doing it, then I'm not worthy, then you don't have the ability to effectively hand off real responsibility. Don't let your insecurity block you, right? That's something that we can all work on and say, okay, I'm a confident person. I'm a secure person. My worth and my value do not come from this job and my to-do list. They come from something so much bigger, greater, grander than that. And so I'm going to hand this off with the expectation this person is probably going to be better at this than me, and I should celebrate that. Okay, so insecurity is the first blocker. The next blocker is your pace. Because you're impact-driven, what we always say, the, the people that we design this podcast for and, and are coaching for and all of that is someone that has a track record for getting results, but it's not results for the sake of results, it's results for the sake of impact. You're someone that is driven, but probably a better description is you're someone that's called. And if that is you, number one, you are who Path for Growth exists to serve. But number two is what I found about these people and working with them really, really closely over the course of the past year is they always move at an extremely rapid pace. Would you say that that's you? Are you the type of person that whenever you accomplish something, the first thing you're thinking of, maybe even before you accomplish it, is what can we do next? What's ahead? What's in the future? How can we add more value? How can we serve more people? How can we grow to make more impact and reach and influence more and more and more and more? And how can we move faster? How can we become more efficient? How can we streamline this? How can we get more continuity? Do you feel the pace speeding up? And I have nothing wrong with a fast pace because a lot of times that fast pace is coming from a pure heart. And I would tell you that a fast pace paired with a pure heart, that's a really, really, really good thing. But here's what we need to remember. Developing leaders takes time. Now, creating followers doesn't. All you got to do is hire someone that will do exactly what you say. All you got to do is hire someone that will complete a task that is given to them. Now, but by doing that, you're you're saying I'm opting in for spending, I'm not opting in for investing. And we already talked about how we want to opt in for investing. So if you want to actually develop leaders because that's the investment, you're expecting an exponential return, recognize that that takes time. I think of this as like whenever I go running and I'm a runner and I know many of you that listen to this, you listen on your runs as well because I get to talk to many of y'all. And whenever I go for a run, if I'm going for a run with a friend and I'm trying to like build that relationship and invest and pour into that relationship, I'm not simultaneously seeking to run my personal record, right? If I go run a half marathon with my friend, I'm not going to say, okay, well, I'm going to run as fast as I possibly can because if I'm going to run as fast as I possibly can, I'm not going to have time to talk to someone. I'm not going to have energy to talk to someone. Everything is going to be focused on hitting that personal record. So if the goal is investment and if the goal is development, I have to slow down my pace 
because I'm prioritizing a different objective. As a leader, you have to slow down your pace because you are prioritizing a different objective. The goal is not to get there the fastest. The goal is to get there together. And as an impact-driven leader, you must be willing to sacrifice short-term efficiency for long-term effectiveness. Developing people takes a long time. Developing people requires that you go slower than if you could just do it on your own. Developing people requires that you pump the brakes and allow room for mistakes, allow margin for conversations, and give people time to actually learn and become relationally connected to you as a person. Don't let your fast pace be a blocker to developing leaders within your team. You're going to have to slow down. It's just a given. But again, the goal is not to get there the fastest. The goal is to get there together. The final blocker that I want to address today is lack of vision. I was sitting down and having um, dinner with a friend of mine and his wife recently. And this is a guy that works for an organization that's a massive organization that many of you would know. And and he's a high-level leader within that organization. In fact, he's very close to the top-level leader. And if I said the name of this top-level leader, you would probably know who it was. And I was talking to him, and one of the things that really strikes me about this guy is that legitimately he is a world-class leader in his own right. And just every time I've talked to him, I've just really thought to myself, like, man, this guy could literally leave right now and start his own business and crush it. And I know that he knows that, right? Because he is a leader. And so finally, I worked up the courage over this dinner to just ask him, like, why are you sticking around? Why is it that you're still working with this individual? Is it just sheer loyalty or or is it something different than that? Because you could go start your own business and be wildly successful. And he looked at me and he, he really thought about it for a second. And he said, Alex, the, the truth is, is that right now, that leader that I work for and work closely with his vision is so much bigger than mine. And he said, this is an important thing for you to know, Alex. The minute the people who you are leading have a vision of a future that exceeds yours, they will start looking for other places to go. And he said, the fact of the matter is, is that guy that I work for right now, his vision is bigger than mine. And so therefore, because his vision is above and ahead of my own, I have the opportunity to pursue every vision and every dream that I have for myself and for the people that I influence and serve within this organization. Now, he was saying, if my vision ever exceeds this person, I may look for other opportunities. And that's not a bad thing. That just is. But he said that right now, I can do everything everything that I want to do with uh, within the umbrella of this leader's vision. But here's the deal. If you are a leader and your vision does not exceed that of the people who are following you, they will look for places to go. Because again, you are keeping them confined and you are requiring them to follow your small vision instead of pursuing a bigger one. So you've got to have big vision and I'm not telling you it has to be multi-million dollar exponential growth. I'm just telling you, you have to have a clear idea of what is the future that we want to create and why is it worthwhile. But if you don't have that, you're going to look into the organization. 
And when leaders can't get above and ahead of an organization, when they can't get excited about a future, they look into an organization and the leader that fails to get above and ahead of the organization will always gaze into the organization. And when that happens, they start micromanaging. And so don't let lack of vision be a blocker that keeps you from developing leaders. So we said that insecurity is a blocker. We said that your fast pace can be a blocker. We said that lack of vision can be a blocker to developing leaders. And now what I want to focus on is how can you practically take action? And here's the deal. I'm going to give you four things that you can stop doing and start doing to take action on developing leaders. But what's so cool is this is actually the theme within the Path for Growth membership program right now. And so we're doing all these workshops and everything related to this specific topic. And I'm going to be sharing some of that content with you on this podcast. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast because we've got one coming up here soon that's going to dive really deep on the practicality of this focused on developmental delegation. Not just delegating to hand things off, but delegating to develop people. And so that's going to be coming up here in just a couple weeks. But what I want to talk about just at the close of this episode is some practical things that you can stop doing and some practical things that you can start doing. So what I want you to do is I want you to stop delegating tasks, start delegating outcomes. Oh, my favorite book on delegation is the book, Turn the Ship Around. Such a powerful book. And one of the things that he talks about in that book is outcome-oriented delegation. Give leaders a desired outcome and a desired timeline and get out of the way. Give them a desired outcome, give them a desired timeline, and get out of the way. Don't micromanage tasks, hand off outcomes and say, hey, we need to revamp our onboarding process. I read this book on onboarding and or I listened to this podcast on onboarding. I want you to draft a plan for how we're going to revamp our, our onboarding process over the course of the next 30 days and then let's meet to discuss it. That's what it looks like to delegate an outcome. Maybe you say, man, our hiring process right now, it's a little bit wild, wild west, and we kind of don't have steps that we follow. And so here's the deal. I want you to take over our hiring process and I want you to revamp it. And you can use me as consultation. You can use the other people on our team. I'm going to provide you with this book or this podcast or these resources, but you're going to own hiring. And and then in two months, we're going to sit down and talk about the plan that you come up with. Hand off the outcome and hand off the task. That is what outcome-oriented delegation looks like. The next thing I want you to stop doing and start doing, stop expecting perfection, start expecting commitment. If you are expecting perfection, you are expecting followers. Because, listen to me real quick, if you are expecting perfection, then you're not going to be able to develop leaders because whenever you commit to developing leaders, you're committing to working with people as they learn from their mistakes. That is part of the gig because you can't become a leader unless you're willing to risk non-fatal failure in order to grow, right? That's how you became a leader. So you've got to allow other people to do the same thing. And so you've got to create room for non-fatal failure. You've got to create room for people to make mistakes. And if you're expecting perfection from people, then you are going to create a culture and an environment where it's easier for them to follow than it is for them to lead because they are crippled by the fear of making a decision. So we need to stop expecting perfection. What do we need to start expecting? Well, start expecting commitment. 
What I need from someone to develop them as a leader is a commitment to with every single thing they do, they're going to give it their absolute best. Like they're going to give it everything that they've got and they're going to have the right attitude and they're going to bring every piece of who they are to learning how to get to where we need them to be. You don't need them to be perfect today. You don't even need them to be excellent today. You just need them to be committed today committed to growth, committed to forward motion, committed to learning from mistakes, because you can work with someone that has commitment. And that's someone that you want to develop as a leader instead of just creating into a follower. The next action that you can focus on taking is stop answering, start coaching. One of the things that perpetuates bottlenecks in an organization is a leader that perpetually answers people's questions because it's efficient. Don't be that leader. Don't be that leader. I know it's efficient and I know it's convenient and I know it can even build our pride a little bit whenever someone comes to us needing something and we show up as the superhero that has an answer. But one of the interviews that we're going to do here in just a couple weeks on this podcast is that there's a difference between a hero and being a leader. And and you want to be a leader, right? So don't be the person that has all the answers. Be the person that serves someone by coaching them how to figure out the answers Ask great questions, guide them towards finding the answer or making the decision on their own because that's developing someone. The final action that I want to focus on, and this really eliminates that insecurity blocker, is stop controlling and start trusting. And really, that's what all of this is rooted in. I will tell you the number one phrase that you can use if you want to focus on developing leaders is I trust your judgment. Think about what happens inside a person whenever you tell them that. Whenever you say, hey, I'm going to hand off this outcome to you. You're going to focus on onboarding. And then they come to you with a question. They say, And it's a tactical question about what should be done or how it should be done or how it should be executed upon. And you just look at them and you say, I trust your judgment. That one phrase can go miles towards creating leaders towards developing people to make decisions on their own, to have agency. And like we said earlier, that is your highest calling as a leader is to unleash the best in others. Y'all, I hope that this was valuable today. As I said, this is our theme for the Path for Growth program for this entire six-month period. And so I'm going to have a lot of content on this specific topic. But again, let's focus on the actions you can take really so you can make this practical. Stop delegating tasks. Start delegating outcomes. Stop expecting perfection. Start expecting commitment. Stop answering. Start coaching. Stop controlling start trusting. And I'm going to ask you a question to close out today. Who is one person that has the integrity and the competency necessary to be trusted more than you currently are? Who is one person on your team or in your or in your sphere of influence who has the integrity and the competency to be given more trust than you currently are giving them? Think about that because that's someone you need to start focusing on developing as a leader. 
I hope this was helpful today. And again, if you want to review the notes from this episode, you can download the PDF that is in the show notes. Hey, and if you want to receive the content that we're sending out related to these episodes as well, just go to pathforgrowth.com and sign up for the emails that we're sending out. We love being able to communicate with y'all. And one of my focuses is that we're always sending you not just ads, right? We want to send you content. So I will send you a summary of the episode or we'll send you the PDFs for the episode, things like that, so that you're not feeling bombarded because I know that we all get plenty of emails right now. So we're always going to make a commitment to you to provide you with valuable content anytime we send an email. Hey, I'm rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.